Welcome to PackSafe's Legal Department of the Future podcast. I'm PackSafe founder and CEO, Brian Powers. As an attorney who's ventured into the tech world, I'm always looking for ways to fuse the legal and tech spaces together. In this podcast, I sat down with Vanessa Davis, Vice President of Research and Product Development at LegalZoom. Tune in as Vanessa and I chat about what happens when a legal department has too many technology resources that aren't integrated across departments and how you streamline silos into a single solution that works for every team. Vanessa also dives into her experience working in technology-driven legal environments and how they have scaled growth in evaluated software solutions that improve workflows and productivity. So Vanessa, tell me about your background and what makes you passionate about what you do. So I've been in legal for a long time. Um, I was just looking at that. It's kind of distressing how long (laughs) I've been doing work, um, I guess working. Uh, I started very traditionally at a couple of law firms um, 20 years ago. Isn't that crazy? And I realized... I not that long. <laughs> Feels like you, a long time. Um, you sound like it's ten years less than that. So, uh, so okay. Well, th- thank you. I'm glad I have a young-sounding voice. So that's ex- <laughs> that's exciting. Um, so yeah. So I was practicing law for a while, and it it came to me very quickly. I suppose that the practice of law, or at least how I was practicing it, was not for me. Um, I had a lot of questions about why things were happening the way they were, and why things were not as efficient as they could be, why we always did things in the same way. And a lot of those law firms don't really like questions like that. Um, (laughs) So a friend of mine was actually working for a company called um, Fine Legal Forms. And he asked if I wanted to come consult with them, draft some documents for consumers. And I was like, well, I've never done that before. I don't know. And this was, you know, again, a long time ago, spotty internet and whatnot, and the start of online legal tech. And I started doing it, and I thought it was really cool and interesting. It was, you know, the things that people think of, I think, when they think of lawyers or going to law school, which is explaining things, explaining the law to people who don't necessarily know about the law. And I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. (laughs) I feel like I'm actually helping people. You know, I'm not staffed on a deal with a hundred other lawyers and things are progressing kind of at a a glacial pace. Um, It felt like I was getting things done. It always feels good to, you know, to start and finish something, (laughs) to deliver it and have it be over. Um, And, you know, I thought that was kind of cool. And then I I started working with another online legal tech company, um, called Smart Rules, which was a subscription service for lawyers who are practicing outside of their jurisdiction. And um, they, they kind of help litigators who, you know, are coming to a, a small area where they're not used to practicing and help them with the, the laws of practice in that area. Um, and it was a pretty novel uh, online kind of early SaaS company, I guess. Um, and it still exists. I'm pretty sure it still exists. And so they were doing kind of cool subscription stuff before that was common. Um, and then I had the opportunity to come work at LegalZoom where, you know, it was kind of a combination of those things. It, you know, it allowed me to reach out to consumers on a, in a broad way that I hadn't done before. And it felt like I was delivering things and getting things started. 
really appreciate serving the consumer market. Um, I, I feel like consumers uh, have been left out of the legal conversation for a long time, consumers and small businesses. And so being able to service that market has been a really rewarding experience. Um, one of LegalZoom's North Stars is uh, trying to democratize the practice of law and figuring out a way to give people access to legal services who have been shut out, either through just inability to identify where those services are or in, um, just not able to afford the services that are being offered. So uh, being, being able to come to LegalZoom and help consumers and small businesses get access to legal services has been incredibly rewarding. That's great. So, I mean, yeah. So you clearly have been um, on the forefront of that movement for quite some time with three different companies, which, which is pretty fascinating. Um, How involved are you in, you know, I mean, I I know that uh, um, some of the things that LegalZoom and some of those other companies do, are always at odds with state bar associations and stuff. How, how involved <laughs> are you with, uh, with kind of furthering that cause on that front? Well, I am not involved in the litigation area. Um, we have a team that is dedicated internally, you know, and we have a, a host of people that work for us externally in trying to uh, convince the bars that we're not coming for lawyers' jobs. We're just trying to broaden the market overall for legal services. I have not been involved in that fight except uh, in on the product side in trying to offer more things to a, a greater variety of people. But the actual, the actual fighting, I have not been a part of. <laughs> I have, okay. well, I will say I have spoken to some bar associations. I have been in front of them and it's not, <laughs> it's not a comfortable experience. Um, although, you know, there have been a number of bar members who, you know, later come and whisper kind of covertly that they have used our services and, you know, thanks for what you do. <laughs> um, but, but the bar associations generally have taken a, a, a pretty strict posture with us, you know, that is relaxed over time yep. as they've seen that, you know, ultimately we want to partner with lawyers to provide legal services to people. We don't want to take lawyers jobs. So that creates for probably a very interesting in-house legal department at LegalZoom, <laughs> right? Um, I'm sure people would love to hear kind of what is the function of a legal department in a company like LegalZoom? So, yeah, it's it's definitely not a traditional legal department. It's um, historically, we, you know, we've, we've said that we are kind of split in half. One side is dedicated to the product legal side. Uh, That is the creation and maintenance of all of our products and services. And that's the side of the house that I that I run or have historically run. And the other side of the house is the more traditional legal function, um, a corporate legal department like you'd find in any other uh, company of our size. Um, And they do all of the traditional other things, contracts, risk prevention, not risk prevention. I guess you never, never really prevent risk. You just sort of, <laughs> you, do. Um, you try, you, you try, <laughs> try to, to avoid it, I guess. <laughs> you try to skirt around it. You try to um, limit its consequences. Uh, you know, risk is, um, uh, is an in, in omnipresent, so you can't avoid it. Um, but 
so that is the traditional legal side of the house. My side of the house is focused on um, the products more, but it's a it's a pretty porous boundary that we have between us. You know, we whenever whenever one group moves, the other group moves. We sit together and you know discuss because obviously the there's risk in offering legal products to consumers. We discuss that with them. Um, you, you know, we do marketing review and advertising review together. And um, so w there's a, a lot of conversation over the, over the border, but it's traditionally been divided in half. So, so that's, that's interesting. I think that it's pretty unique, although I think a lot of, a lot of tech companies, even if they're not legal tech, seem to be set up um, with some, some different, different divisions inside their legal department, but it sounds like it's pretty unique there. Yeah, I think the bigger you get as as a company, as any kind of company, a tech company, um, you know, a more traditional company, you know, you, you start off with the, you know, the one lawyer in house who does everything and, you know, they're, they're kind of the general expert. And then that person's like, oh, God, there's, <laughs> there's kind of a lot going on. And maybe I don't know enough about, you know, now that we have 50 employees, maybe I don't know enough about employment law. And so they hire the employment law person. Yeah. Um, and it's just a, a gradual movement toward specialization that um, you kind of have to have. If, you, if the, the bigger the legal department gets, you know, the, the more people you need. And that's why you see, I think, the rise of legal operations people, because as the legal department becomes a unit like any other unit, you need someone to come and manage it like you would manage any other department. Sure. No, that, that's, that's a great point. Um, also, a, a perfect segue to uh, the next question I want to ask you, you know, if in terms of growth of the legal department um, and challenges that come up with growth, whether whether growth related or not, um, you know, what are some of those challenges that that you've that you've come across? How do they specifically relate to, um, you know, I guess the product versus sort of the operational side of what you do? As you grow, one of the benefits of growing is that you reach some economies of scale, right? Things become cheaper because you're bigger. But, you know, the converse is also true because become some diseconomies of scale. <laughs> like the bigger you are, the less information flows smoothly across borders. Like the more people are siloed, the, the more there's duplication of efforts. Um, it's a challenge that we've experienced. The bigger that we've grown is that um, there are people working on the same things and people just don't know it. We're not, we're no longer a couple of people in a tiny group in Los Angeles. It's we're spread across, you know, functionally now we're spread across continents and <laughs> cities and continents. So the fact that you find out that someone else is working on something that you are working on is frustrating and feels wasteful. And part of the way you try and solve that is, you know, Tr you know, making sure that you have all of the resources you need, but whether technical or just um, structural. It, you, do you, does everybody know what everyone else is working on? Do you have um, systems that tell you who's working on what contract, who's working on what project? And because the communication, the one-to-one -one communication just isn't there anymore. Um, that's a problem I think that legal departments and other departments as they're growing have to solve. What, you know, are you how are you dealing with this fact that you can't individually communicate with everyone anymore? You need to figure out a way to know what everyone is working on without talking to everyone specifically. 
So what's the approach there in terms of evaluating how to solve problems like that? You know, is it, and what's the, what's the approach on, Hey, we need to implement a process to solve this versus, Hey, we need to go find technology to help us with this. I mean, that's a, particularly at a tech company, the, the challenge, I think, is talking everyone down from either buying new software <laughs> or, um, you know, being distracted by the newest offering that's coming along, whether or not you want to implement it or somebody finds some, some sort of free service that they want to use, <laughs> you know, because everybody, for example, you know, Kanban, right? That's everybody wants to organize, you know, using a Kanban board of some kind. And there are 30 different systems that different people are using. So, you know, your organizational system, the system that you're using to try and organize people, everybody has their own that they want to use, which leads you back to nothing, right? If everyone's using their own system, then you have no system. <laughs> um, I was just in a meeting this morning where we were talking about it, you know, where well, what enterprise software do we already own? You know, it, so we have version one for controlling this stuff. And, but then somebody else wants to use Asana and then somebody else wants to use this. And it, you know, how many licenses are we going to have to negotiate for people? It, it's, it's a challenging thing when everyone is sort of given, everyone feels empowered to find the software that they want to use. <laughs> Um, and then when you come together, it seems like nobody's agreed on, on any one specific thing that will be good for the company. That's sitting down to have a conversation about resources. It's, there's a way in which it feels like wasteful, right? Where, where you're just, you're thinking, well, I want to have a conversation about the actual, the task, the task itself. I don't want to talk about, you know, the resource that would be helpful to, to do the task. It feels, it's like a meta conversation in a way. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, I feel like the bigger the company gets, you need to be prepared to have more of those conversations. A lot of times when we talk to, to in-house legal, they get, even in some tech companies, there can be a resistance to adopt technology. It, it doesn't sound like mm. that's really the case for you guys. Is that right? <sighs> Or is it more of... I mean, yes and no. Okay. <laughs> yes and no. So it's be, because we are so partnered with so many other departments and we're so entwined with so many other departments, there is less of a resistance to technology full stop. Picking the correct technology and making sure that everybody is using that technology and making sure it is um, deployed correctly across the enterprise, that's the problem. Got right. It. So any any individual person, any any individual who is participating feels comfortable using technology or picking the technology. The pro I feel like the problem comes, you know, this is I, I don't know if this is specific to us, it, you know, or um, it, but I mean, it might be, you know, I can only talk about this experience. The issue is, is that, you know, everyone has been comfortable with the technology they're using and then deploying it on a broader scale, but making sure that everybody is buying onto the single technology, that's where the problem is. So, you know, it's, it's one thing when you have your specific planning technologies that you're using. It's another thing, well, now everybody is signing on to use the single technology. If anything, I feel like there's too many technologies <laughs> that people want to use and there's not enough kind of discretion in, in figuring out how to make them all work together. 
we don't have a legal department here, but uh, that's even a challenge for us in a in a small tech startup. Lots, lots you, of you, things in the tech stack. <laughs> where just people just sort of, does it feel like that for you that people kind of, uh, everyone has their pet technology and for some reason, you know, it's, it's, it's a sauna or air table here for some reason. <laughs> yeah. And so people get really excited about using it and then can't get other people to sign on. Yeah. Yeah. E- even, even in a 30 plus person company, it's, it's, it can be difficult to get everybody to adopt the same thing. Um, you know, it, like you said, everybody's got their pet pieces of software, their, their pet subscriptions. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a struggle. <laughs> we, it's a struggle. And then, and, and you know, you, then you're you trying to layer over. in some, pri- sorry, you're trying to layer in, you know, you, you, your, your privacy concerns, you know, <laughs> you, you add, you add the, um, the infosec people and the privacy people who hear that everyone is using a different, a different system and, you know, the tops of their head blow up. <laughs> they're like, absolutely not. Of course, you, yeah. you know, of course, and if, unless you have an enterprise subscription, don't use it. Um, what what are you thinking? <laughs> there's there's absolutely security concerns and privacy concerns that we have to address, and you know you can't controlling what individuals do is almost impossible. Yeah, no, I I think you're right, and when you have a bunch of forward thinking tech enabled people, attorneys or not, um, it it seems like the 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 tendency is for a business or even a a business unit to become over instrumented. That presents all sorts of problems in and of itself, but I guess it's better than being completely uninstrumented. Um, but I don't know. I, don't, I mean, is it? I don't know if it is. If everybody's individually using their own system, it's there's there's no more collaboration. There's no more communication than if everybody's just writing something down on a piece of paper. Yep. It just it it feels slightly different, but then you know the ultimate effect is the same. Like nobody really knows what anybody else is working on. Have any good, great stories, success stories about how you've successfully been able to lobby for new tech and it's gone swimmingly once you got it in? <laughs> you mean the perfect story of perfect implementation where nothing ever goes wrong? <laughs> yep, that happens all the time, right? I don't, I don't, I don't know that I have any story like that. No, well, it's, it's, it's a challenge, you know. So we are a tech company that was, you know, built on a tech stack, you know, 18, 20 years ago. Right. How do you how do you move forward from that after? It, so it starts off. There's a huge spike. Um, you know, there's all of a sudden you're you're a, you're a company and you're doing a ton of business. How do you move from your old platform, whatever that is, into something new while the company is moving? That you know, that's the real challenge. That's what that's what we've been faced with over time. And that's you know, literally everything. So we're a company started in part by lawyers. Um, but there was no contract management system, you know, there weren't a lot of great kind of SaaS contract management systems back when the company started. So like any other company, the contracts were managed in a file campus, (laughs) you know, and in various, in varying forms, um, with signatures, you know, is it fully executed? Probably, but you know, who has the pages? (laughs) (laughs) There's somewhere. (laughs) So it's, Getting, getting the company moving from that to, um, you know, that's a, that's a transition. You move from that, you move from that to kind of an Excel chart, right? Well, now we know like who, you know, who's executed on this side, who's executed on this side. 
Um, is that sustainable? Not when the company gets bigger, right? So it's a, it's a progression. And then you find the contract management system and the process is, well, okay, so your new stuff is on the contract management system. Now you have the project getting the old stuff on the, on the system. Okay, well, now we decided that this contract management system isn't flexible enough for what we need. How do we move to the next contract management system? So doing all of these projects while still in flight with the actual day-to-day -day business, um, I think that's been a, a pretty successful enterprise. You know, we, partly because we spent the time and had people dedicated to it um, because we recognized that the flow of contracts would continue to increase and our ability to maintain the contracts that we had, you know, also needed to be moving at the same time. So I, I would say that our implementation of several contract management systems has been the most successful, though not without, you know, a lot of blips and pain um, and a lot of grumbling among people who had to figure out the new systems. Sure. Well, I, I think that's pretty common. Sounds like, sounds like almost a best case scenario from some of the stories I've heard. So I'd feel good about that. Well, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but you know, you could talk to 30 other people at the company who hate our new contract management system. You know, it's right. not flexible enough. It's, I don't understand where I'm supposed to click. Um, so for a, you know, a legal tech company where people don't understand the contract management system, I don't know if that's super successful, but the fact that everybody, I feel like one of the biggest hurdles is getting everybody to agree that this is a problem that needs a solution and getting everybody on board at the implementation of that solution. Those are two of the biggest hurdles. So um, anything, the actual, you know, ups and downs of the implementation process, it's almost, it's blips after a while. Because for me, at least in my history, getting everyone to agree that this is something that we need is, is ultimately the biggest hurdle. All right, so you have any, that was a good example of, um, of how you've been able to implement something mostly successfully, get it rolled mm. out. <laughs> Um, I think yes, as far as, as success goes, that that one uh, gets high marks. So any examples of something that you've whiffed and missed on? You know, and it goes back to the same kind of theme that I've been talking about. The, the times that I have been unsuccessful is because I can't, it's, it's almost never the implementation process. It's, it's, always the upfront process of getting people to agree that this is a problem that needs to be solved uh, either with some thought or with some technology. It's getting lawyers particularly, I know this will come as a shock to everybody, <laughs> getting, you know, getting a bunch of lawyers in a room and agreeing A, what the problem is and B, what the solution is, is, um, is challenging. It's people, you know, lawyers are, are trained, as they say, to, you know, spot, problem spot, um, problem solved, not as much, but you know, problem. <laughs> we solved. all have our opinion. We all have our opinion. So it's the same way, you know, you, you run a contract through 10 different lawyers and everybody has different comments, right? It's, you're getting people to agree that this, you know, I, I have identified the problem and I've identified the solution is, is maddening. It's, it's, you know, most, uh, most other problems that we're trying to solve internally, it's, coming up with technical solutions and, you know, easing, easing our way to the, to the 
to the implementation and final problem solving has been just kind of a mess. It's for some reason, and I don't know if it's that contract management is, it's a clear solution. Um, it, it's something that is, you know, I, I guess at this point it's, you know, it's not, what's the word? It's It's not sort of, it's not old news or it's not, you know, kind of, oh, everyone just, just sort of assumes it, but it's, there's a way in which you're like, oh, if you are X big, you should have a contract management system. So it's at least, it's a standard solution at this point. Other problems where you're like, oh, do we need something that runs, um, you know, kind of does AI contract analysis and extracts terms? Is that something that we need? You know, it's a harder argument to make because, you know, it's a little more fraught at this point. It feels like, oh, am I being replaced? Is is this something that, you know, it's that I'm not doing as well as a machine could do? <laughs> For some reason, it's some of the other systems that are available now feel a little more dangerous to bring in-house, whereas contract management at this point, whether from its age or, um, I don't know, I guess that's what it would be, right? Like it's just, it's been around long enough that people kind of accept it as something that you need as opposed right. to something new that could be dangerous. Or, yeah. you know, to, to take a different tone, more unreliable. Right. No, that makes sense. All right, so this has been great. I think this is going to be a great uh, session for our listeners to uh, pick up lots of awesome uh, legal ops and innovation tips. Um, what, uh, just to wrap things up, you know, where do you think things are headed from here in terms of you know, what's next for, for innovation inside of legal departments like LegalZoom? Well, I think automation is coming for us all. <laughs> Not in a bad way, just in a way that helps to improve uh, efficiency and increase the pace of things that everyone is doing. Um, you know, obviously we use a lot of our automation externally facing. We automate our products for our, con you know, the consumers and small businesses that buy from us. We also automate internally. You know, we have um, contract routing systems, request systems uh, that direct things to the right people. Um, and not all of it is, you know, brand new technology. It's, as I said before, getting people even at a forward thinking legal tech company to to invest in the newest technology is a matter of getting everyone on board. <laughs> and um, that is the consensus building that is an essential part of purchasing new tech. And I honestly, I think it's, you know, not, not to throw out all the buzzwords, right. But, you know, AI machine learning, that's, that's the future of a lot of what we're doing. Is it here yet? I don't think so. Um, I have looked at a lot of the, the automated contract review kind of software that's out there and it's cool stuff. You know, <laughs> a lot of it is really interesting and, you know, I don't presume, I, I, I don't, I don't know the technology behind it, but it's not doing, I think what it's purporting to do, it's doing a lot of, um, is this clause present? Yes or no stuff, which is right. really important for a lot of contracts, but it's not doing a lot of language parsing like, Oh, you know, this, <laughs> I think what they're really saying here is that this is going to disadvantage you because, you know, look at this word choice on this sentence. Um, and I think people have an idea that that is what it's doing. Um, 
and although that would be cool and I think it will be happening in the future, it's not happening yet. Um, so I think we have an eye on all of that technology um, and seeing where it's going and it, it is a purchase or at least something we're going to be looking at in the next few years, but um, and I think something that everyone's going to be looking at in the next few years, but is it essential to a small-ish legal department now? Probably not. Um, but it is something I think that is coming for, it's coming for everyone in the future. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been great, Vanessa. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks so much for having me.